Yeah, I'm impressed. You got my credit right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Wow, you got my credits right. Wow. Yeah. No, it's more so like they're just like, tell me what you've written for, or like, tell me what you've done. And I'm like, okay, do we not know each other? Have we not been friends for years? <laughs> do I not tell you about my job and my hopes and my dreams and my failures? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah yeah aj alone you can have a whole series about <laughs> oh perfect wonderful Mm -hmm. Well, 
You know what? Lucky for you, I love attention. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I think that's kind of the thread through all the characters, right? We're not supposed to love any of them. And I, and you know, David Chase, you know, loves to kind of be antagonistic of his audience. I think he's almost a little mad that people love, love, you know, love some of these characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly I mean well I mean yeah it's I think it's you know that's kind of the problem is that like Tony has this very like compartmentalized life and he can't be a whole person to his family to society to you know because like he does things that are unspeakably evil like you know and he would argue in service of his family and you know, Like I've never really bought the like I've never really bought the kind of thread line that he was a sociopath at towards the end when like Cooperberg and and um you know Cooperberg and and Melfi are talking about like how you can't reform a sociopath. I feel like that's kind of a cop out to call him a sociopath. Like because it's almost like he doesn't have agency or there aren't outside factors. It's just like like, no, he's someone that grew up out of a certain era. Like, he's a leader, you know, like, he's in a way charismatic and talented, but it's like he's using it for something. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah people love obama he's a war criminal like <laughs> you know what i mean it's <laughs> you know what i mean yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I think the main argument against him being a sociopath is I don't think he would even be like in treatment. Like he obviously experiences guilt. Like it comes through in his dreams and like, yeah. Um, 
Mm-hmm. 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 Let me see. Let me pull up the. Let me. Let me. Uh, yeah, that's a common. So my dad like spends most of his time in his little den, which is like below. It's kind of like I guess kind of a basement, you know. But it's below. Not a lot of light gets in. Um, and he's a flip phone. He's you know a sixty-three year old man with a flip phone. Um, he doesn't want to hear about iPhones. He doesn't like, don't even say that to him. Like he doesn't even like the fact that he has to have a cell phone, but he has one. And so like the, he's his four, like, you know, he has four at any given time. He's a pack of four Rottweilers and they're kind of like Menudo where like, you know, like one, you know, like, like a Menudo when you hit 18, like, you know, like one, you get cycled out and then another, you know, like another member comes in. Well, like in this pack, like if one passes away, then another Rottweiler or a pair get brought in. So there's always usually, there's usually four. I don't know. <laughs> so right now the, um, the pack is, ba there's Banjo and Ivy and they're, they're siblings. And then the older two are um, James Brown and Ella. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, when I, yeah, it's so funny. He's like, do, do you love daddy? Daddy loves you. You love your daddy? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Like, that is like, <laughs> my daddy used to own a music store and like the, um, and it was funny to, to listen to the, um, the employees make fun of him and they would do the, do, do you love your daddy? Do you love your daddy? <laughs> Oh yeah, and people would freak out because they're Rottweilers, and it's like, no, they're loving and wonderful. And like, the thing about Rottweilers, they look scary, but they just kind of want to love you to death. And like, when I walk into my dad's house, like four hundred pounds of dog comes running at me, and they're real happy to see me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. These are very sweet. They're sweet. Like the only thing is like, they love me too much. Like I want them to like, love me a little less. Yeah, I gotta keep like things up high. Like you gotta. <laughs> um, I'm a cat person. So I have a, you know, like I always have, like I usually had a cat growing up but my parents didn't live together. So um, like he usually had a dog since I was a teenager. There was Harley. I'm gonna shout out all the dead dog, pour one out, pour some out for the, uh, for the ones that are no longer with us, but um, he had Harley, the giant black lab, and then Hobbs, the um, his first Rottweiler, who then had that leg amputated because of cancer. But it was really cute. I mean, watching him hobble around as a tripod was really cute. I'm not gonna, it sounds hard, so horrible to say, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like he had to do a little spin to get up this, the one step to get back in the house <laughs> to get the momentum. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Yeah, he was like a really, yeah, he was like, he like was also on steroids because he had Addison's disease. So he's like this giant muscular sausage on three legs. And then he just spin around and, and like, if you laughed, like he just bark at you because he's very serious and he doesn't like when people have fun. Like, but that dog was great. I love that dog. He was like my favorite. <laughs> um so my dad's text usually like like every couple of weeks like a paragraph will come through and it's like it, it follows like a certain there's a there is a formula so it's usually like if there was a weather related event a storm like what the damage cost him and then or if one of the dogs had to go to the dog hospital what that cost him like so and then um then an update on the deers he's made the deer he's making friends with and his way he's feeding them and like, I'm really glad he's making friends. <laughs> I don't think so, but he tells, he feeds them. And like he said, like he's had, hunt cause he lives in 20 acres of land. And he said like hunters have like offered, like asked him if they can come hunt on his property. And he's like, no, those are my friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, all the birds sing and he's like, he'll be listening to Led Zeppelin and all the birds come around and like help put on his flannel shirt and his uh his sneaker, his like what big white puffy sneakers and dad jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. I think like a big thing for them is like, like texting. What's something my dad used to do when I lived in Philly was text me about a violent crime that happened months ago, nowhere near me. <laughs> like he knew I worked at a coffee shop. So he'll like text me like a couple months after the fact about a holdup at another coffee shop that he thought maybe I worked at. And it's like, no, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my dad and I are kind of close in age. So sometimes it's, it's kind of weird to like when he knows about things that I know about, you know what I mean? Because you're like, we're only got like a 20 year gap. And like most of my friends, they've got like a 40 year gap with their dad. So I'll be like watching TV and my dad will just like turn to me and go like, it's crazy that dime like Dimebag Daryl got shot like that. And like, like dads aren't allowed to know about Dimebag Daryl. He's just, I think he's just a music fan. Like we were just watching metal videos one night and he was talking and I was like, and I was talking to him about like, I was just talking about like, I think like Bill Anselmo's just like sketchy politics or whatever. And he goes, and I just say to him, yeah, so the singer, and he goes like, Phil Anselmo, dear. Like, he's telling me, like, oh, please tell me about Pantera, dad. <laughs> um, it was pretty easygoing. Like, he was kind of interested in things I liked. So he still like texts me jokes about Morrissey, even though I kind of, I mean, I'm 
kind of turned on Morrissey in the last couple of years. Well, not a kind of, I did turn on Morrissey the, the past couple of years, but um, like if he reads something somewhere about Morrissey, he'll text me about it or yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like when my dad turned like 30, he already had like two kids, you know, like it's just crazy. And <laughs> well, you kind of hit on an interesting, you know, you kind of hit on an interesting thread there because like, um, like that was, I think drinking at bars was a habit. He quit in his early thirties, like entirely. So it's like, I think there were probably bigger issues and I'm a kid. I think it's more so drinking that drinking at bars is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you, you, you get all your dirtbag friends in the car and you drive around and you're all singing Shay together. You're having a good time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's very problematic and I'll tell you why. Um, when I saw, I saw the Sam Hain reunion tour and he definitely used the F word to refer to someone when he was throwing them out of, a, out of the show. And it was such a, like, it really, it was like, like, I mean, I had an experience, I had an interview experience for the Village Voice go really bad with him when I asked him about a comment I thought was homophobic. And he got real combative with me and was like, it ended, just ends with him cursing me out. But, um, but like when, so this was after the fact and like, I felt like vindicated, like I was absolutely right to ask that question. Like you do have sketchy, you know, like, 
you know, I felt, felt good. I, I didn't pay money for that show. Like I was like, my money didn't go to support that. Like I was someone's, but it really just like, I've never like really felt the same about him since. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the comment I asked about was about like, he remarked at one point that he thought, um, like there's this long time rumor that he was going to be like Wolverine in the X-Men movie instead of like that he was the director's first choice or something. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I might not be talking about this intelligently. I'm just kind of like remembering old things I've read, but there was a remark going around attributed to him that he called, like he said he wouldn't have played the character as gay. As um, I'm gonna look that up. I just make sure I, I quote it correctly. So I don't wanna. Oh, it was 2011. He might have. Well, what's even funnier is that like his manager complained to my editor about me. Oh, he told LA Weekly that his Wolverine wouldn't have been as gay. That's what, okay, that's the. Uh, yeah, well, he wouldn't really answer that. that. Those were some great, you know, some questions I tried to ask. <laughs> that he yeah and so he got really combative and like so then his manager like complained to my editor and just said like and said things that weren't true that Glenn ended the interview early because I was asking inappropriate questions which I feel like asking about you know a quote you've given on the record is a absolutely inappropriate question I think I asked him if he thought if he um thought that saying something like that would alienate his gay fans. I think is all reasonable questions. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was just a freelancer. I didn't like, I wasn't a staffer, but it was, um, yeah, it was a freelance assignment. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you guys the name of the actor off air. But um, like, it's kind of like just speaking on your like kind of publicist freak out. It's really like I had a I was trying to get in touch with an actor for, a, you know, a story about a movie I grew up loving. And um, it was like it wasn't a big deal. It was just like an anniversary piece for this movie. And for months, like his publicist just said he's on vacation with his family or she just wouldn't respond. So when I finally got in touch to be like, hey, some people talked about him, I'd like to give him a response to, about what he said. 
she like freaked out and act like I never like reached out to her and somehow got my boss's cell phone number and started like texting her who, you know, thankfully had my back, but was just like saying all these untrue things about me. It was just like, like these people are so shameless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's like as tall as he is wide. I don't know, they sound like a dummy. (laughs) Glad I'm not them. Okay, so I love the fact that you brought up like, you know, like a musician working in Alt Weekly because um, I actually was commissioned to write a story for The Stranger, the Seattle Alt Weekly by um, Sean Nelson, who was the lead singer of Harvey Danger. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, this was in 2012. I just wrote a, a kind of an essay about why I love to show Hannibal in, in like in bands of its 13th, uh, not 13th, God, I wish, uh, third season premiere. Yeah, yeah, like MC Search, I think, has like a branding agency or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Matt, I love keeping you waiting. Mm -hmm.
Okay. This Yeah, and like he has like cred for someone who was kind of in a silly ska band. <laughs> like people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, I have like this like re weirdly re ugh, like this really kind of broken like charisma tracker because like I'm not a Blink 182 fan. I'm just like I think I was just too old for pop punk when it happened. But um but like if I had to like pick one that I thought would be the star, I think it'd be like Tom because he's like the cute one. Or like or like Mark, you know, or you know, or Mark because he's the really funny one. And like it's kind of like when I was a little kid watching Bosom Buddies and I was just really enthralled with Peter Scolari. Meanwhile, like Tom Hanks was just like waiting to blow up. Like I just, <laughs> like I just have this like inverse, like kind of picker where who's gonna, who's got that, that star power. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's such a charitable way to put to talk about him. Yeah, he's a he's a UFO researcher. <laughs> That's so kind. That is so kind. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Mm hmm Oh, I know. That giant behemoth of a sun. Like <laughs>
What? Is it Paloma's son? Was it Paloma's son? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
the female gaze. What? Yeah, they. I'm glad they're having a good time in a neighborhood I can't afford anymore <laughs> that I used to live in that got priced out of. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good to see this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna pull it so I can Yeah. Mm hmm Yes. I think that's overblown. I think they've talked extensively about how overblown that is. That's but that's kind of like the go-to joke, but I guess, but it's just like people have been putting that joke in my mansions for like 10 years. So I've been I've been doing this bit for 10 years because oh my god, what am I doing with my life? And um <laughs> Yeah, when I stop doing this, you'll read about it in the obituary. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it looks very phallic, like it's placed very like he's just, he's sitting on his legs. He's doing crisscross applesauce on the on the floor of this little like bordello or whatever they're in, this little wine cellar that they're in, and. Um, the like you know like so the the lute's placed very phallically he's showing off how flexible he is and then trudy is next to him doing warrior two 
um, the yoga pose. And there's like, you know, like a circular, like a circular um, candelabra above them. And it just kind of has this thing where it's like, is this the last thing I see before the chloroform kicks in? Or is this the first thing I see when I regain consciousness? You know what I mean? Like, this is a place where you don't know how you got there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they both have this vibe of the couple that like really likes your vibe and sends you a drink at the bar. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious. So this was a photo for Vanity Fair. And I kind of wonder like who the creative force behind this was. Like did the, you know, like did the art, was this the creative director's idea for this whole motif or did like, Sting and Trudy show up to the shoot and have some ideas. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're just like in their little wine cave, like <laughs> doing yoga. I keep thinking of like the um, assistant that has to light all these candles, like the assistant that's just like lighting, like placing them on the floor. Like, no, the line has to be straighter. No, there needs to be a 90 degree angle here. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was Annie Leibovitz, but I was wrong. Let me see. I don't know. Someone texted me the... Like, I wonder what they, they, they think of this photo. Like, did, did they look at it? Did they look at that photo? I'm like, yeah, that's us. They got it. They got our essence. <laughs> We don't look silly at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I do it all, like anytime like someone's like in Congress has like, you know, like a giant poster board they have to refer to, like, you know, that's an opportunity. Um, there's one, there's one picture I really like where Peter Navarro, the um, Trump financial advisor was like walking out with paintings that weren't his. Like there were some like AP photos of him just like walking out with things that like, are supposed to, you know, like I think it was like the, the, the 
Eisenhower building he was walking out of these paintings and like they aren't his <laughs> like, like they're like government property what are you doing and that's why I just superimposed some of the the pictures into the paintings he's carrying like <laughs> Probably. I mean, gee, someone in the Trump cabinet, that's a pretty like low level thing to get away with considering that administration. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going to do very badly because, like, I don't, like, really read about this thing. I just look at pictures of him and laugh. I got a reputation as a Twitter weirdo to uphold. <laughs> My first thought was Libra. Jesus. Sting and my dad are both Libras. No. No. Wow. See, I want to... Like logically, I was like, everyone hates Scorpio. So maybe maybe he's a Scorpio. <laughs> but then I'm glad I went with my gut. Hmm. True. I feel like that's everyone's experience who grows up Catholic, but he makes it sound like it's, he makes it sound like it's his and his alone. Yeah, like, oh, wow, when you're a kid and you re realize like, oh shit, I'm gonna die one day. Like, like that rocks every kid. Like, no, but it's only thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like everyone, that's like everyone in like Sunday school. <laughs> Stay.
Sting and Sting alone. Okay. I would say not a team player. <laughs> no. But it seems like they were really just irritated, fed up with him, too. Yeah. No. Get out, stop. Um, dude. David Jones. Well, that was what Amon used to always say. It's like, the world knows David Bowie. I know David Jones. I am married to David Jones. Oh, that I know. Uh, he's in like that Tom Waits pantheon of celebrity that I hate where they're just like in character. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm staying. No, this is. They're just in character all the time. Like. Yeah, yeah. And people get like really upset when you say you don't like, like, hey, this just isn't for me. And they get really like, anytime I like mention that, like there are dudes in my, in my like, in my mentions, like sending me a link to the song that's going to change my mind. Like, I don't know what Tom Waits, I've never heard his music. Like, I don't know what he sounds like. And I haven't heard enough of it to know it's not for me. <laughs> No. I've muted over a thousand people. It's wild. Like 90% of them. Like, and it's like my offenses are very, like, it's just sometimes it's like when guys like reply to me about something they like, but they tell me like they're informing me, like they assume it's knowledge I don't have. Like, instead of saying like, hey, do you like this album? I like it. Or hey, do you, have you heard this, you know, seen this movie? I, I think it's cool. They, like, tell me, like, they do, like, this little, like, kind of professor discourse in my, my mentions, and it's awful. Mm -hmm.
yeah that sheer force of will and entitlement like yeah I want to say Eric Clapton because he's awful and that's kind of a, like, that's a really great synergy. Like, I was like, oh, game, like, shit game recognizes shit game. Like, okay, great. Um, Okay, that, that makes sense on like a symbolic level, like this relic of the British empire and of colonialism coming by and anointing him, this man who gets rich off of music based on reggae, like this guy who completely appropriates like black music and becomes like this multimillionaire. Yeah, that all tracks, that all makes sense. Yeah. 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 He wasn't himself in Dune. <laughs> Wow. I was kind of hoping that the um like the um Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip cameo would come up when, when you were like is <laughs> Yeah, he plays himself. He's playing his little lute. He's playing his lute. And um, Christine Lottie's character, I think she's a journalist, just like that whole, I mean, that whole show is an embarrassment after embarrassment. But but um, yeah, that moment in particular, it's like Christine Lottie, she's like slobbering. She can't believe she's meeting Sting. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it didn't last. I mean, so I, yeah, they broke up a while ago. Yeah. I don't feel like it's.
Okay, so not my dad right now is the, the Penn Station commute from New York to the greater Philadelphia area. Um, especially, especially not my dad are the people who use seats on a crowded, on a crowded commuter train to then like have a nice little seat for their bag for their rolly bag. But um, on a bright side, I, I perfected a, a look that's so vicious that people jump and instinctively take the bag off the chair when I look at them. <laughs> like it's so disapproving and so like, and it's like, oh yeah, no, they just like, they know. It's like, yeah, now you know. I've lived in New York for like 16 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or it's just like, like it's kind of like with man spreaders where I'll just like, I'll just like force myself in between. Like I'll just like, I'll just full on go in because I am not, like I'm not, I'm just done. I'm, I'm like, I'm like Michael Douglas and falling down, but like, like a gender flipped version. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I walk by and then I meet their gaze and I hold it while I'm going. And I, I, I look back from them to the bag, then there's like a movement of them to the bag, them to the bag, them to the bag, their eyes to the bag. And just so there's no mistake what I'm looking at and what I'm pissed off about. And I, and I just do like a little, and I kind of just like, kind of like almost swallow my lips like you motherfucker. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. Like sometimes if it really comes down to it, I'll be like, hey, is your bag comfortable? Oh, good, good. I'm so glad your bag's comfortable. But um, I'm usually not one to start shit. I'm usually just one to kind of do like, you know, just, you know, kind of inflict disapproval that's so egregious that they have to react. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if I want to overhear something, I want to hear over here like a breakup. I just want to overhear like a pivotal moment in someone's life. Yeah.
What do you think it was? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think he was on Broadway for a bit. He has that vibe of, you know, like one of those actors that ends up on Broadway for a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Sometimes I'm usually stuck overhearing someone, like someone talking to someone who doesn't want to be talked to, like trying to strike. I mean, I'll be real. It's a dude talking to a woman, but uh, it's always dudes trying to insert themselves into people's lives. But like, like I'll, I'm usually just over like overhearing like, and then the person too polite to really draw a boundary, but at the same time, just only giving them one word answers, like trying to telegraph how uninterested they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Do you have to go like out in the middle of nowhere to get the car? Like Oh, okay. Mm Mm. Mm. I feel like the freeway would be a breeze compared to the city because it's like, okay, you're just going in a straight line, you know, you're just. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It takes an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hope your bladder doesn't explode. <laughs> Mm. A college town, right? It's a college town. Okay. It's a celebration of gluttony, which what's more American than that? <laughs> mm. 
Mm. I'm a big fan of all the holidays where I'm not expected to go home. <laughs> the holidays where I can I can be left the fuck alone if I want. Those are good holidays. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you chill out, you read, you read. Yeah. Yeah. See, I Like I don't drink, so but even before I stopped drinking, like I don't like I never really cared about New Year's, but I'm a really big fan of a New Year's Day party. I have never not had a good time at a New Year's Day party. Yeah. Um, I'm going to piggyback on, on something you said about going, how you loved going to a restaurant. Because every year my mom says we're going to Prospectors, the um, the um, buffet near my, near my mom's apartment for Thanksgiving. I'm like, yo, that's my dad. <laughs> for all the reasons that you said, like, like it's a $20 buffet, so I don't have to dress up. Um, Like I am not doing any housework. I am not hanging out at an aunt's house. I don't want to hang out at for eight hours all day. Like we eat, we pay our check and we go. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he usually, he very wisely always schedules work that night. He's a bartender. And that's, I mean, that's usually a lucrative night for him because it's like, what do you want to do when you have to spend all day for family? You want to drink. And <laughs> lo and behold, there's my brother ready to, <laughs> ready to take the pain away. Um, so, um, so he comes down and then we have to be like, get him back to Philly on time so we can start a shift at eight. So there's kind of like these nice hard outs that my brother, can, you know, like, so he's kind of the buffer. So I don't have to like handle mom alone. Like, and then, um, you know, we drop them off. And then sometimes mom and I go to the movies, which can be kind of a shakeup. Like, it's usually a good idea because I can just sit alone for a while. I don't have to, like, I'm not being interrogated. So it's like, but like, at the same time, we we saw the mule together, I think, when Thanksgiving. And, and then I had to sit with my mom while we watched, like, Clint Eastwood have two threesomes. They, I mean, the second one was like mostly implied, but it was still just like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Clint Eastwood. Thank you for this magic holiday.
to think. Well, there's the, you know, he's a good driver and he gets laid multiple times for getting going to jail. What's this? Yes. Yes, he did. Well, I know he directed it. I'm not sure if he wrote it, but it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> License to drive. I do I do like his movies though. I don't like I'm not aligned with him on his politics, but he does make really interesting movies. Like Richard Jewell was fascinating. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might, I know his, his pants are like hiked up really high. I always enjoyed like when Bill Hader did his impression of him, like his pants were like up to his nipples. Like his belt was like up to his nipples. <laughs> did he do a parody of that or did he? Okay. I think it was Obama. I think he was like bitching out of Obama, if I remember correctly. Maybe. But like he didn't set it up, you know? And so we're just like, why? Like, I went like, wow, I thought I was going to wait till Thanksgiving until I watched an elderly person argue with furniture. Like, <laughs> but I'm getting it now. <laughs> yeah. No. Really? Hmm. Does your bodega guy like call you? Are you known as like the cranberry sauce guy to like your bodega guy? Like, like you come in, you're like, he's like, up, oh, got a fresh one in the back. And he's like, Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So when this was all out, were you like like turning over cop cars because you just like couldn't hear? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah.
Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I just, like, I dovetailed right into this from, like, a long work day, so I was, like, I did not get that, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, like, how are you guys doing that? Because, like, all adults are eligible now, right? Is that the... Oh, really? Okay. Mm hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, cool. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Deer. Yeah, dogs.